0: We are in transition time, right? The fall always brings um, transition for many, and uh, especially those uh, who are uh, students and teachers, um, households with students and teachers, um, and we're all kind of feeling it. Some, Some of the kids... Went back to school already this week. Um, those lucky Pasadena kids get to go back tomorrow. Um, Monrovia starts Wednesday. Somehow my niece and nephew don't start till after Labor Day. I don't know how they pulled that off. Um, but the fall always kind of means um, kind of movement from the hot, hopefully, the movement from the hot, but the, the summer schedule and um, into kind of new rhythms and and new patterns in the fall. Um, One way that looks for our family in particular um, is connected to my brother. Um, For those of you who may not know, my brother, this is him, is a, a football coach. And so he's been doing this for a long time. And so what that means for us is that the fall not only holds these other transitions, but it kind of holds some energy and excitement for us. Some um, anticipation and hopes for him kind of professionally that, you know, things go well. Um, and it also ends up meaning some trips generally, one or two, uh, to just kind of see what he does and see him do his thing. And as he's kind of climbed the, what's the ladder, if you will, in the coaching profession, those trips have held different things for us. And so now, with where he's at, um, when we come to to watch him, like this last year when he was in Washington, that also means, like, we probably get to stay, you know, in a hotel room that's, like, team-issued, you know? Um, It means we get to get free tickets to the game, right? And then if we don't even want to sit in our seats, there's probably some luxury area that we can go hang out in. It means there's a really big food line at the games that's just kind of whatever you want. And then they put it away and they bring out more after the game to celebrate um, or lament depending on how things went. Um, It means people kind of talking to us and like being really interested in us who we don't even know. Um, Dave Carden's brother we met, I met last night and he's from Corvallis where my brother coaches now and ...he really wanted to get to know me... ...and I don't think it had much to do with the fact that I pastored a church that Dave and Nicole went to. Um, we, we have this like identity and this status when we're there... ...that has absolutely nothing to do with any of our efforts... ...any of our accomplishments. Um, but it is an enjoyable, um, privileged position based in the accomplishments of someone else. I wonder if you've ever been in a scenario like that. It might not have all like food and tickets and all that, but, but a scenario where you're like, yeah, we're, we're enjoying this um, and it's grace. It's not based on my effort, my accomplishment, um, but it's something that I experience. Paul in Ephesians, we've spent three chapters in Ephesians. And Paul has just, with like a fire hose, sprayed out imagery and description and metaphor um, about who God is and what God has done in Christ and therefore who we are as God's people. Um, and the first three chapters is just this huge kind of rah-rah, like, no, really, you think you're this? You think you know, you're identified by this or, or by that? But let me tell you, because of what God has done in Christ, this is who you are. This is what life is about. I just want just to just hear some of the descriptions again. To get us ready for chapter 4, okay? So, I want you to hear these not intellectually. I want you to try to open yourself to just let them wash over you. This is who I am. Not because of my achievement. This is who we are. Not because of our accomplishments. This is who the people of God are. Not because of anything we've done collectively. But because of who God is and what God has done in Christ. Amen? God chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless in God's presence before the creation of the world. Adopted children through Jesus Christ because of His love. We have forgiveness for our failures based on His overflowing grace. We've been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. That God planned for the climax of all times to bring all things together in Christ, the things in heaven, along with the things on earth. Paul writes about the overwhelming greatness of God's power that is working among us in subtle ways, like Adrian said. And maybe not so subtle ways. Uh, God's power was at work in Christ when God raised him from the dead and sat him at God's right side in the heavens, ...far above every ruler and authority and power and angelic power... ...any power that might be named. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him... ...in order that in the coming ages He might show the, comparable, the incomparable riches of His grace... ...expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God... Not by works, so that no one can boast. Um, in Christ Jesus, you've once were far away and have now been brought near, um, because He is our peace, and He's destroyed the barrier, the dividing walls, wall of hostility. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity, making peace and in one body to reconcile. You're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens, members of his household. In him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God's purpose is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens. The many different varieties of his wisdom through the church. In Christ, we have bold and confident access to God through faith in him. And it goes on, and we're going to come to this description at the end. There's all these amazing Descriptions of, of what we are about because of who God is and what God has done. And so we've looked at some images. The first week we looked at this this confession that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That that our breath, that we we did some breathing. Thank you, Danielle. It was unplanned. Um that this is the breath of God is among us and in us and with us. And sometimes that's all we need to remember. Um Aaron, I heard, did a, a trust fall exercise. Um, how many of you are here for the trust fall exercise? Anybody remember kind of what the what that was like, what the meaning of that was that she was trying to get us to to hold on to? I did listen to it, so I know the answer. Um, anybody? Yeah. Yeah, she, she said we, we stand and look out and we see all these things that we want to identify ourselves with. Our fears, our failures, like that's who we are. Or we hear these proclamations about what God has done and we want to say, yeah, but, right? Yeah, that's true, but this is happening. Yeah, that's true, but I did this. And she said, that Ephesians is inviting us, and, and I want to say yes to this, to despite how the world may look, despite how our lives may look, that we, if Paul wants to say, fall into the story of God. Fall into the fact that it's by grace we've been saved. That the dividing walls in our lives and in our relationships have been torn down, and um, that the powers and principalities no longer have ultimate um, hold on who we are. Fall into God's arms because they're trustworthy. And then Brad, um, the next week. Oops. Maybe we'll just stay there. Oh no, there we go. Um, in chapter three, play it. Explain this. St- explain, but just proclaim the story to us and, and just ask, which story are we living in? Um, which story is going to define us? And I want to suggest that the, uh, the next three chapters, four, five, and six, is Paul's kind of articulation of what this looks like. That when we fall into God's story and into who, God, who we are because of what God has done, not because of what we have done that it begins to take shape in certain ways in our households, in our relationships, in our own lives, in our marriages, with our kids, um, with people we work with. It begins to play out in the very kind of normal stuff of life. Um, And so last week Robert Romero said one key way it plays out is that we are invited to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That to live and to fall into God's story invites us into peace for all people. Um, And he talked about Cesar Chavez and some of the work that he's done, um, kind of based in this hope that we have. Um, Today, we're in Ephesians 4 again, and I just want to... There's a couple ways I think this might play out for us, or we're invited to to have it play out as we fall into into what God is up to. Um, Therefore... Therefore, because of all that God has done, um, therefore, because of this life you have that is not by your own achievement, but by God's, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you received. Accept each other with love. Make an effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit with the peace that ties you together. And then there's all this language about the word one. um, That there's somehow a oneness that happens in the people of God. Um, because, of, again, of what God has done in Christ. Um, Paul goes on and says, God has given His grace to each one of us, measured out by the gift that is given by Christ. That's what the scriptures, why the Scripture says, when He climbed up to the heights, He captured prisoners, He gave gifts to His people. I think, something I want to offer this morning, that... One way this plays out, to, to live with hostile, the walls of hostility down, to live um, out of grace and mercy given to us by Jesus Christ, means um, to embody the gifts that God has given to each of us. Um, and it's to embody those gifts and to offer those gifts at our homes, in our neighborhoods in our workplaces, um, in our church, in our friendships, in our mentoring relationships, to courageously and generously offer the gifts that God has given us um, to others. When we know that we've been gifted by God, when hostility is down, we can offer these gifts. Now, what are these gifts? I think there are a lot of different things. I think there's skills and talents. I'm looking around this room. There's some very talented people with a lot of skills. A lot of variety of skills. Um, I think when we, when we hear about gifts that God's given us... ...our skills and our talents and our capacities are a part of that. Yeah. I think when we hear about gifts that have been given to us... ...our stories. Even if, even if it involves, which all of ours do, a broken road. Um, Our stories are gifts that God has given us to be offered to others for healing, for well-being, for God's peace. That oftentimes means coming to terms with our own stories. Coming to terms with our own pain and brokenness in order to be willing to offer it. Um, But even when we think we've come to terms and we offer it, there's always more to come to terms with and so even in our offering of our stories and vulnerability God's well-being and healing can come not only to the people we're sharing with but to us um, as well I'm looking around this room I'm, I'm, I'm seeing um, talents and and gifts that you offer not only here at this church but at your homes um, with your housemates, with your parents, with your kids, with your friends. Um, You offer your stories um, to one another. Um, I wanna do an exercise. I want you to join me in looking around the room. And you might have to turn around a little bit. It can be awkward, don't worry about it. I'm giving you permission. Just look around the room And see, see who the extroverts are, because they're the ones kind of making eyes, like doing fun stuff. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, What gifts do you see? What gifts of God that might be offered um, to the world do you see? Skills, talents, um, stories. And what I want you to do is turn to one person next to you, and it doesn't have to be about, in fact, it can't be about them. Um, tell them what you saw. What gifts, stories did you see that you're like, I'm thankful for those gifts. I'm thankful that those gifts are offered um, as an as a act of obedience to God. All right? And you can say who the person is and, and quickly what that gift is. All right? Go for it. All right. Maybe a couple out loud, without totally embarrassing someone. Or um, what gifts did you see? What gifts are you thankful for that God has given this room to offer to the world, to offer to one another? Um, talents, skills, stories. What did you hear? What did you see? Yeah. others Then More, yeah. Um, I, often, and I was talking story mm-hmm. to connect with some of the kids and mm-hmm. play who maybe don't feel part of mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I, I thought about that others, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Mm-hmm. Emily, yeah, too. Adrian. Oh, I about mm-hmm. Yeah. My guess is that a lot of these things are things we do, that um, is what we do. And to hear other people name them as grace from God, um, it can it can give us meaning. And what I what I really think it can do is go, oh, you know what? Yeah, this this amazing grace that God has given us, this vocation. That God has called the church to, um, we can hear that, and we can have an automatic kind of responses of like how big our work needs to be, how significant and like special it uh, it, it, it needs to. Um, what's what's required is so like big and, and special, and and everything that we've said is indeed special, and it's within the very kind of fabric. Um, of our lives and we just offer what we've been given we offer what's been shared with us um, how do we how do we respond what's the therefore to just the amazing descriptions of what God has done um, what's the the old self and new self that the passage is gonna t- talk about in just a minute um, it's just opening up our hands to one another to give and to receive um, and, and hopefully maybe to hear from one another wow I thought that was just a job, but it's a gift. Wow! I thought that was just me trying to get a kid to settle down in godly play, but but it's not. It's it's so much more um, because of who because of who God is. So embodying our gifts um, with open hands. Um, so then it goes on. So I'm telling you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. You shouldn't live your life like the Gentiles anymore. They base their lives on pointless thinking. They're in the dark in their reasoning. They're disconnected from God's life because of their ignorance and their closed hearts. They're people who lack all sense of right and wrong and who have turned themselves over to doing whatever feels good and to practicing every sort of corruption along with greed. But you didn't learn that sort of thing from Christ since you really listened to Him and you were taught how the truth is in Jesus Change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit. Clothe yourself with the new person, created according to God's image and justice and true holiness. Um, Therefore, after you've gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor, because we're parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work using their hands to do good so that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it's needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by her for the day of redemption. Put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and slander, along with every other evil. Be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other in the same way God forgave you in Christ. A couple things caught my attention when I was reading this. Um, Why are they indicted for honoring their feelings? That's not okay in this day and age. Um, So I want to hold that a little bit. and the second is really foul words? That's that big a deal? <laughs> um, oh, wow, I'm running out of time. Um, how many of you like smoothies? So, smoothie technology has come a long way, but um, uh, blenders used to be really amazing with stuff going in and like blending it all up and drinking it. But the cleaning of them used to be a real pain. Again, the ninja has kind of solved some of that and you know maybe some of the others. I can remember one day we were, Ari and I had made, this is a while back, kids were young. Who knows what was going on in the kitchen at this point? But I was cleaning out our blender and it was it looked like this, and you couldn't really detach it from the bottom. It's just all one piece. And I'm cleaning and I'm doing, you know, trying to be careful to like get it all. And then, you know, at some point I got distracted and I, like, went down in to, you know, get the bottom and just wham, right on that blade that you see, you know, right there. Um, And out of my mouth just flew honest words, you know. Um, Kids are around and I'm like, oh, geez. Um, But then I had this weird thought, maybe this is just the curse of being a pastor or something. I had this weird thought of, like, I wonder what God cares more about the words that I just used or the pain that I'm feeling um, and it's kind of a simple silly example but I do think it's a, an important question that we ask ourselves like what is the what is the reasoning for some of our commitments um, around ethics and, and living out um, the kingdom And so, I think this passage gets at this whole foul word thing. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it's needed... ...for building up the community... ...so that it benefits those who hear what you say. I was playing basketball, the person were named nameless... ...but on a a Thursday night, maybe a year ago... ...and uh, I brought Caleb to play. And so Caleb was playing... ...and I was playing, a bunch of guys were playing... And somebody did something that they weren't very excited about. And so some honest words flew out of their mouth. Um, No big deal. Kind of par for the course if if we're honest. But afterwards this person came up to me and said, Hey, I said this in front of Caleb. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, And... I said, well, I kind of know where I'm bringing him, so it's okay. I, I kind of knew that might happen, um, but also, what I really appreciated was his concern wasn't with what he had said in the moment, and and there, I think there's reasons to think about cussing and what that's about and where that's appropriate. And don't hear me saying oh, just whatever on that, but but I what I appreciated was his concern about the community, his concern about me, his concern about Caleb. Um, Caleb hears that stuff at school, so it's not, like, brand new with language or anything. Um, but, but, but what does it mean to think about our words in terms of foul when they tear down others? Um, when they tear down um, or, or divide? Because if we are a people that the divisions of hostility has been torn down, then our words need to reflect that um and our words can't build back up the very walls that god has has torn down um and what i love about paul in this in this passage is that he's so he's so real um i think i think living out this this great big story we're in involves using care with our words um He says, don't lie, get rid of it. So that means what? Telling the truth. Um, Each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor because we're parts of each other in the same body. Be angry, he says. Anger is allowed. um, But without sinning, without creating more walls. Um, Don't let the sun set on your anger. Um, a couple weeks ago in Jonah, Brene Brown, we, we read a quote from her that talks about anger being a wonderful catalyst, but a life sucking companion. Um, I think that's what the spirit of this is. Like, let our anger be a catalyst towards reconciliation um, and walls coming down, um, not walls, walls coming up. Um, welcome, kids. How do you put aside bitterness, losing your temper, shouting, slander? Now we're in parenting—the shouting part. Adrian, um, welcome, kids. Um, we're almost done. Join us, all right? How do you how do you put that stuff aside? You don't stuff your anger. You don't lie about what you're feeling. You name it for yourself first, and then it becomes a, uh, a catalyst for building rather than destroying. Right? Um, sometimes we can read lists like this and just think it's out of our own efforts and out of like, don't do that. I think I think it's connected. If you don't want to be bitter with your friend, your parent your spouse, your kid, if you don't want to be bitter, if you don't want to shout, uh, speak truth. Um, Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Is that literal? I don't think so, but if it works, go with it. Uh, Sooner than later. Um, Somebody said this. I know it's not mine original, but I say it all the time. Feelings are our friends. We need to take note of them. We need to we need to own them. And be honest about them. But they're not our masters. Um, I think what Paul is getting at here is, um, yeah, note your anger. This this example is anger again, but note it, and respond. Um, In light of the fact that it's by God's grace that we have gifts. In light of the fact that we've been forgiven um, by no achievement of our own. um, In light of the newness that God is bringing about in the world. Um. All of this is because of what God has done. Do we have all the kids now? Are we all back? Not the ones and twos. Okay. Okay. What I want us to do, um, this is a prayer that is like right smack in the middle of Ephesians. Brad had us read this when he shared a few weeks back. And I want us to do this again. Um, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going we're to, uh, I'm going to ask somebody to read this as a prayer for us, that first paragraph. And then I'm going to ask all of us, kids, everybody, to read this last paragraph together. Okay? Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to pray this prayer... Um, And then we're going to ask Adrian and Bea to come up front, if that's all right. And I just want to pray for you. Um, And then we're going to come and we're going to celebrate the the Eucharist together. Okay? So, Adrian and Bea, why don't you come up now? Danielle, do you mind reading that first paragraph for us as a prayer? And then we're all going to all respond um, um, together um, when she's done. Let's pray together. Mm -hmm. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory to the spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. As As a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers. I ask that you will know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the fulfillment of God. Let's pray. Glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. Um, kids, um, right after you guys went to your uh, areas for worship and work this morning, Adrian and Bea shared with us that God has opened up a door for them to move to um, San Francisco. And um, Bea is going to, she already is, but it will continue to kind of work out her calling as a nurse up there. And Adrian is going to be going back to school so that he can go to med school and become a doctor. And they want to use these gifts and skills that they're learning um, to serve God and God's, God's people um, once Adrian's done. So, what we want to but the, what that means is they have to move. So, we're, we're kind of excited for them. We're really excited for them. We're thankful to God. And we hold sadness, too, and, and, and sorrow because we're going to miss them dearly. So, what we're going to do right now before we go to Eucharist is we're going to pray for them, and, uh, and then we'll come to the table together. All right? If anybody else would like to come up and and lay hands on Adrian and you're welcome to do so. Um, That'd be great if you would. Mm. 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 Living God, um, as we, your people, um, receive Paul's words, that God, this new thing you're doing in the world involves us by your grace and mercy. Through no achievement or accomplishment of our own, um, we prepare our hearts and lives to come to your table, um, to be uh, fed and nourished by your body and, and your blood, um, that we might be sent out um, to do good work, um, that you've called us to and that you've prepared for us. Um, and today, God, we, we pray specifically and particularly for Bea and Adrian, Um we are so thankful for the good work that you have in store ahead of them. Um, we um, have gotten to know them over the last couple of years, and we believe in them. Um, we believe in their gifts that you've given them. Their, um, their funness, their their intelligence. their nursing, um, their relationship, their transparency, Um, we affirm these gifts in them and we thank you for allowing our body to experience those over the last couple years. And now, God, we pray um, in the name of your son um, that you would um, just remind them of your presence with them as they go, um, when they come upon challenging times. God, that you would, um, by your mercy, strengthen them, remind them of um, who they are in you, um, and that, God, you would sustain them towards that which you're you're calling them to. We thank you for opening this door so wide open, as Adrian said. Um, And we give you praise and thanksgiving for that. Um, So now, God, as we come to the table, each of us, um, and Adrian and Bea in particular, we pray that you would nourish us by your body and your blood, that you would bless us by the gifts um, that come from you that are each other, um, and that you would um, strengthen us for that which you've called us. Courage to use our gifts. Words. That we might build one another up and build up um, your church and your... On the night when um, Jesus was betrayed he was with his friends and after giving thanks he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant that is shed for you. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, um, the Lord's faithfulness, um, until He returns. And these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Um, And as you come, I invite you all to um, open yourself up to either um, remember those gifts that God has given you that maybe you haven't affirmed in your own self Lately, um, affirm those and offer those back to God as you come. Um, or maybe it's opening ourselves up to, like, God. What are the new things in my story and in my life and talents that I could offer to you as I go back to school, as I go back to work, as I come out of summer break, um, as I go back to the thing I've been doing for years and years? Um, what are those things that we could offer up to God? Um, God by your spirit move among us um, we praise you for your faithfulness um, we praise you for the identity that we have in you um, may we fall back into your arms um, by taking this bread and this blood um, it's in the name of Christ that we pray Amen. Amen